0: all right welcome back to the inting podcast today we got a special guest rocket you want to you want to introduce yourself
1: uh yeah of course hi everybody uh, my name is rocket i'm the former assistant coach and analyst for the 100 thieves valorant team and uh just valorant enthusiast i guess right now current
2: standing nice. but how long were you the <laughs> valorant roster by any chance
1: uh, from the very, very beginning, I was working with the original head coach Frost, uh, Hector Rosario. He, uh, he taught me how to be an analyst, and so we started off with started off with Hiko getting signed, and then I've been there through every iteration from the PUBG guys to when we signed Steel and Nitro and oh, wow. mm-hmm. Dicey Asuna, all of it. Oh, so you did uh, through Berlin. the
2: and yeah. <laughs>
1: I was through pretty much everything i was up to the very end when they scrapped everybody and kept uh they kept asuna and then uh this new roster right with uh uh mike and or sorry the coaching staff is what i'm thinking of yeah yeah with uh mike hd and all of them right that's the only one i haven't been a part of since then so damn so how
2: does how does one get into uh into your position is it more just like your knowledge or is it more just knowing people <sighs> it's honestly
1: it's going to be a little bit of both um i started off in rainbow six uh rainbow six siege i was trying to be a player over there and uh i was decent enough and lucky enough to meet jovi who's now the current analyst for optic Mm -hmm. um jovi introduced me to hector and jovi's like hey because he and i were teammates over in siege he goes hey there's this new game coming out called valorant uh, what you guys want to, <laughs> he told me and the other teammate that we had at the time, he goes, why don't we go check it out? So we went, we checked it out and I started talking with, uh, with Hector who was frost and, uh, he goes, Hey, you know, I'm probably going to end up being a coach here. Would you be interested in doing some work with me? And I was like, yeah, of course. Cause for every team I'd ever been a part of, I was always kind of doing like analytical breakdowns, making of strategies, you know, stuff like that. So in my instance, it was definitely a case of right place, right time. And then I was lucky enough to be given the skills to get to where I was able to get to.
2: Yeah. Uh, Is it like the environment different when it comes to coaching Valorant and then a rainbow? Or is it like, what's easier and what's harder? Uh, So in the
1: instance, between the two specifically, like Valorant is easier in the sense of the maps are just very asymmetrical. So like when you look at a Valorant map, you know there's one direction you're going to go. When you look at a Rainbow Six map, you can come in from northeast, southwest, up, down, horizontally, vertically. Any way you can think of going, you can break down the map. Valorant, it's a little bit more, all right, if they have the jet, then they have like the height advantage or the omen, right? It's a little bit different in that sense, as well as the agents and the operators play out differently. But they're similar in the sense of it's the same idea
0: like, the roles that they fill are...
1: Yeah. Yes, exactly. It's kind of like wolves and dogs, almost. Like, yeah. it's same same breed, just different beast. Yeah, okay. That, that makes sense.
2: So, when it comes to uh, coaching, so, for example, like, the 100 Thieves roster, like, a lot of people, you'll see sometimes, like, Nitro, when he was on Jet, or an Omen, or, like, even one time he was on a Sentinel. Like, how do you guys discuss between each other? It's like, alright, we need you on this role, or is it more just like, hey, what are you comfortable with, and we'll try to bounce off that?
1: Uh... <laughs> so yeah it's it always boils down to player comfortability right it's you can be a great fantastic player but if you have no clue what you're doing on the agent you're playing it doesn't matter at the end of the day right uh, if you're not comfortable it's wasted potential exactly it's it's you know so at the end of the day if on paper nitro is the greatest aimer that we had at the time right or they had the highest uh Fragability, not fragability, just yeah, the ACS, right? Okay. If 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 that was the highest, and ideally, like, all right, we should be putting him on jet. But if he's not comfortable with jet's abilities or the way to play around or the utility, right? Yeah, it's not going to it's not it, going to help him, right? Yeah. He has he has that ACS, and them and most players have their ACS because they're on something that they're comfortable with. So then it becomes a discussion of what are you comfortable with? What do we think is meta for the map, and how can we fit the pieces we have? To make the best comp for that
0: do you ever have you ever run into like the issue where like two people are super comfortable on like the same person or too many people are comfortable on like the same role where it's kind of like well we gotta make some compromises to move people around
1: i mean on the 100 thief roster not necessarily um that roster specifically it was kind of like everybody everybody was good enough if they needed to go like if Nitro needed to go to Sentinel or Steel needed to go to entry, right? Mm-hmm. We had that ability. They they all had the skill set and the ability to do that. Yeah. Um it it really was just uh I don't know why I just got derailed. I lost my whole <laughs> thought. I'm sorry. <laughs> give me give me one all second. Good. I you apologize. Do so. Um can you repeat the question for me just one more time? I'm sorry. Is it is
0: it tough like if a lot of people are comfortable on similar roles or like the same role like to to balance no. that.
1: Yeah. No, no. Actually in fact I think it makes it easier because then it gives you the flexibility. Because I know something something that we discussed and didn't necessarily do was like, all right, if uh if Asuna isn't feeling maybe Asuna isn't feeling a shot that day, which, you know, the man shoots his shot every day, right? yeah. He's just a fragger, yeah. right? We'd be like, all right, you know what? We can just swap this person in that position and still get the job done. Right. Mm-hmm. But now we have the higher ACS potential, uh, as well as it makes the conversation. It made, it made IGLing, I believe easier for the team because now everybody knows what everyone else is doing. And they have the ability to just be like, Hey, you know what? Uh, I see what you did there. I think this would work or, Hey, you know what? If I was in your position, maybe try this. Cause I see that there's a hole here. I'm not in your position right now because mm. I'm entering or I'm, I'm the flex or wh- whatever specific role it is. Um, and whenever it came down to discussion, it always boiled down to, all right, who's technically better at it. Yeah. Right. And not, not on the, on paper sense, but like on a, all right, if steel could entry and Peter can entry, but Peter can't Sentinel, but steel can Sentinel. Then it, that's the easy fix, right? Yeah. Peter is on entry. Steel goes to the yeah. goes to Sentinel, So
2: yeah, because uh, I mean, you've been through the whole iteration like the past two years of hundred thieves. So you, of course, there's been a lot of roster changes. If if yeah. without without giving too much detail, I know you probably can't. Um, because a lot of people don't understand how roster changes. Like, oh, why'd you cut this person? Why'd you kick this person out? Can you give us uh, like why it happens and like what's the reason behind it, or like how do you guys discuss about it when it comes to roster changes? And do you have any say in it as well?
1: Uh, at the time as an analyst, I had zero say. Um, and even as the assistant coach, I had some input. I had input, not necessarily say, um, uh, the way Hunter hundred thieves was run is, uh, it was the player's decisions.
2: Mm. Um, so it's a player coach.
1: Yeah, it's a player team. Exactly. Um, frost obviously was a part of that. He was part of the decision-making process. Um, I just know me personally, I didn't have any say with any of it. Um, When it boils down to players getting cut and players being moved, it boils down to how we're doing at that time, how everyone's feeling at that time. And really, if the players feel, if somebody isn't performing to how they felt, or maybe they are just like, you know what, they're good, but maybe there was somebody better that they had in mind. That's really what it would boil down to is it has nothing to do with, how that person specifically was doing or you know if they're liked or if everyone loves them really it just boils down to how the team is and how the team's feeling how they work with so yeah exactly and and that's at no fault of anybody right because all right if you if we were to take (laughs) if you were to take all the greatest players right now if you were if we were to take top five players in Valorant right now right Hypothetically, you would think you have the greatest team known to man. But if they That's can't get along, or if they all fill the same role, right? Yeah. What's that team going to do? They're going to become predictable. They're going to fall apart. There's going to be a lot of issues. So really, it boils down to having good players that fill the niche for the what the team needs.
0: Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. That kind of reminds me of a. Uh... Team that was really good, like year one of uh, Valorant, and then <laughs> kind of fell off,
2: <laughs> yeah. Because uh, a, a lot of people, like uh, Bros is setting they're like, Oh, there's always needs to be a roster change, but it's always just felt like, uh, like for example, they finally, after like what a year and a half, they finally did a roster change, they got they cut um, Zons, right? And everyone was like, That's a terrible decision, but it's usually just like the players are not liking each other, or for example, they don't really like mesh the same way. So, I was example, like, um. Of course, you probably you're probably gonna expect this, but the, the Eccles and Baby J situation. Everyone was <laughs> so confused about that situation. Everyone's like, they've been here for a month. What could have happened in one month? Yeah. where everyone just got cut. They both got cut. Yeah. Uh,
1: mm. I don't know how to. I don't know how to phrase. It. I don't want to. Because I like both Hunter and Adam, obviously. And yeah. I, I'm not, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not. I'm not here to make waves or anything. I'm just.
2: Was it more of just like a was it more of like the players like, hey, just honestly, this wasn't going to mesh out. This wasn't going to be well. We just got to move on. We it started off good.
1: It it was it was like we had a two, three week, we'll call it the honeymoon phase where everything worked well and we thought everything was going to be great. Yeah. And then we got into the first tournament and we started getting into the first practices and we started really getting real pressure from the other teams yeah and we kind of noticed it fell apart and the meshing wasn't there so it ended up just boiling down to you know i don't mean this in a wrong way i feel like we kind of hastily we brought them in and then we just as hastily got rid of them i almost feel like they didn't get a fair shake to be looked at to be you know determined whether yeah. or not they should be on the team and at the same time i don't think they got the fair shake on did it be determined whether they should be removed once they were there
2: yeah yeah um that, that makes sense it's almost unheard of because everyone was like excuse me what because everyone was like oh you These know what good yeah it's like wait like you got good <laughs> players Eccles was really like like he's a very underrated player in the emea region as well so everyone was like what just like what happened because it's almost unheard of like i, I people thought like oh maybe the players hated each other and like, there's also that discourse as well, which is it, because we we're all confused because we were talking about it. We're like, how do you, like, you guys had a month. You guys talked, you guys, they all met each other. They all talked to each other. They all practice and try out. Like what could have happened in one month where to just cut it all out? So yeah. we, were, we just, of course, we didn't know the situation. We didn't understand. So we didn't like bash at 100 Thieves, but we were just confused more than anything, like how everyone else was. So it, it was hard for us to un- wrap our head around because it's like, Imagine they just get, like, for example, uh, Sabrosa goes to Sentinels and they just, like, oh, you know what? Never mind. They just cut him instantly.
1: Yeah. And just like, and month later, like, oh, you know what, Sabrosa, appreciate it, but uh, go ahead and head home, bud. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Especially. Now, it's, I, I can understand the confusion. I can understand, you know, the kind of, like, wait a minute, what, you know? And then obviously we brought in, uh, we brought in, bang and um,
2: jc stanley bang
1: and jc sorry i know them as no and sean that's why it's confusing in my brain um (laughs) we uh we brought them in and then people kind of got excited again and it's kind of like okay well these are you just brought in two more fraggers and how are they gonna work off of uh you know i guess not fraggers we brought in really good potential to the team right and I think everybody was kind of like, well, how's going to bang Mesh with Asuna? Because they're both, they technically fill that entry the frame. The same role, yeah. Right? And then we already, that's already with having Ethan, who's relatively just the all-around, he's decent at anything you put him at, right? Yeah. yeah. And he already has really good high gun skill. So it really just became trying to figure out how does everybody fit? It, it was literally like we got a brand new roster. It was like, how does everybody fit here now? because now we've got all this potential with people that are. I'm not going to say they were worse than the Nitro Steel roster, but I will say we had more flexibility with what could be done when we had the Nitro Steel, which is nothing against either Noah or Sean. You know, they're both excellent players. It was just a matter of, unfortunately we got rid of two people that could literally do anything Mm -hmm. and then we got two people that were good at a really really good specific spot yeah so then we had to move everything and mesh everything and it just the whole time in all honesty it just it felt like we were we never got our feet planted in the ground it always felt like we were kind of on the back push Mm -hmm. and we just never could get get foot could get good footing to get somewhere where we needed to go
2: so do you guys ever feel like you guys rushed it, like just rushed the whole process if, if from the second the Baby J situation all the way to just cutting everybody, uh, leaving sooner? You felt like that whole process was rushed and it didn't get like time to like marinate and really like sit down and like see like what we could have done. It's like, hey, or like what you saw, it's like, hey, with the Baby J and Echoes, something could have really went down. We just maybe did the role differently, but we could have done a lot of damage with this.
1: From where I sat, as somebody that was there to specifically assist Jovi with the process, and then assist the players in any way possible, as well as give analytical breakdown and help develop the strategies. Yeah. Yes, I, I personally felt like everything was rushed. I I will say the Baby J and uh, Eccles situation. I do believe that was going to be unavoidable because it was. I feel like the signing was rushed. Yeah. Personally, that is personal be- opinion, personal belief. Um, I feel like it was unavoidable because I, I I felt like it felt like the team they just wanted the roles filled they just wanted the spots filled because mm-hmm, they yeah. they'd been empty for a good bit and then it's just kind of like all right tournament time's coming yeah they just want to be back in it
0: is really we the, need
1: uh... we needed players and yeah. they you know it's again it's all it's all unfortunate the way it happened I know. Yeah. You know, I f- I feel for both of them. It, it, it
2: was just it's just really unlucky. So, uh, uh, but yeah, yeah. Uh, another question that could, uh, affects what Because um, uh, yeah, of course, Eccles he's from EMEA, so you guys essentially like imported him to come play for NA. Do you believe like more and more throughout the years of Valorant? You know how in League let like, you'll like you'll see in League like uh you'll get LPL, Bolting, LEC, Bolting, and all yeah. that like from other regions to come play in NA. Do you feel like Valorant and NA they should avoid that and just try to grow talent in within NA, or do you think importing is a, is a fine idea? From a coach's standpoint, of course. See,
1: that's it's tough because from a coaching standpoint, right? I would normally I'm looking at a piece of paper, right? Normally I'm looking at a spreadsheet. I'm looking at something, right? Mm-hmm. When we looked at Adam, we look at Eccles. He's an IGL. He fills what we needed bring him in right yeah. ideally bring him in he filled, he brought everything that we needed on paper however now you pose the question of there's is there a language barrier luckily there wasn't with adam uh but you also run into there's going to be cultural differences and there's going to be you don't know if this person's going to mesh with your team right mm-hmm. you because obviously until you bring them over and bring them in you can't really get a good read on them because if he's doing if he's trialing from EMEA, he's not going to have great ping, right? So there's always going to be that excuse like, "Oh man, if I was if I was there, you know, yeah. it would be better." Or, "Oh man, I'm so good." Like, is he only so good because he's got this ping advantage, right? Um, and th- this is just using Adam as an example. I'm not saying yeah. that's what happened or anything, yeah. but that I think that's what what gets posed whenever you look at importing people over. I personally believe it's good because i think it gives all players of all regions a better shot at being a yeah, natural professional because then it gives the skill gap right if you have the skill and you have the ability then by all means you should be able to go to where you need to go to perform and play at that ability yeah but if you get locked into your region right then i don't think we're ever going to see a true team at its fullest potential because yeah. it's just you're just bringing in feeders but there's There's pros and cons to both sides of it.
2: No, I, sure, I like but... that. That was a good question. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that, was, that was a great question. I like that one. Yeah, because uh, I know that's like kind of ruining. Because I've, because uh, I watch League, so I've been watching a lot of like League. I've been watching for the past past few years. <laughs> I don't play it, thankfully. I just watch yeah. it. <laughs> Save uh, that mental a little bit, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know, so uh, I've been watching it, and then like I every time there's like a there's like an imp- for example like Team Liquid, their whole team is not NA based. Like they are the for League, everyone's like, oh, so this is the LEC, but in the L- in NA. So it's always like that pop that question. It's like, hmm, do, should we even, like, is this going to go the route of the League where they're just going to import players from other regions instead of just actually try to grow NA talent? Because it's not it's not that common anymore now in the League where, like, you'll barely see a real NA talent. They'll just import it and just throw a lot of money and hope it works. Yeah,
1: and just throw money at it. I mean, it could. I, Valorant is young enough still where who knows, right? League's been around for at least i think 2 decades now right a decade. A, decade a decade but
0: dota has been, been around for longer so yeah. but Dota's the Mo- also the moba around.
1: the moba genre, scene yeah
0: has been like about 2 decades
1: i guess i think with valorant specifically it's it's still young we're not even into year 3 yet we're only 2 years deep i think for right now until more money and more tournaments obviously I, re- I really believe the whole COVID-19 situation really put a hindrance on the growth of Valorant because obviously not it, not being able to do lands not being able to do tournaments similar to how CSGO would do stuff. Mm-hmm. I think that really kind of killed the fan base and the yeah. the willingness and wantingness of people wanting to come to Valorant. But now that all the lockdown is kind of coming up, I think you could see that. I think, I think in the beginning, I think for the first three, four, five years six years here you're going to see they're going to be growing the talent but then eventually once the game is old enough you don't have to grow it anymore yeah yeah there's going to be plenty of teams plenty of tournaments that that the players should already be a little bit seasoned already as is Mm -hmm. that now it's just like okay you're either good or you're not right and growing that team is going to become less and less not i won't say viable but less and less seen just because it's just easier to go pay be like hey i'm gonna give you x amount of dollars every month to come play for me because you already have the skill and you'll get more skills you play with us
2: Mm -hmm. okay yeah so because i know t1 they signed munchkin from crazy raccoons and then everyone was like you just brought someone from like uh what was it i think he's isn't that japan i think that's japan i'm pretty sure that's japan i could be wrong but i'm pretty sure that's japan but everyone's like then that's gonna be that's already I mean he probably knows good English as well but that's already good. that's a that's a huge cultural and language barrier right there in itself. So everyone's like uh, I don't know what they want because T1 is trying to push for the franchise right? like a, everyone else is. Yeah. So yeah. it's it's always interesting to see like them doing that and then it's like uh, I've, I've, it's funny how nobody ever says about exit when Dev he's from the UK and nobody ever talks about him being like from here coming to NA. So it's always interesting to see that. <laughs> Um, but when it comes to franchising, who do you think, because I heard I was, NA is only... That's
0: tr- exactly what I was about to ask. Yeah, <laughs> because
2: NA, uh, as of the rumor right now, they're only getting six slots. Uh, that's the rumors right now. So who do you think Gosh. is the six teams you think is going to be in the franchising? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's oh some boy. no-brainers and there's some, like, maybes in there as well. <sighs>
1: Oh, uh, obviously I think optics going to be in there. Yeah. There's just no way optic is not going to be one of those franchise spots. It's not they're, they're top six. They're just, yeah. they're too consistent. They're too decent. Something drastic would have to happen to that team in order for them to fall out of that top six. Yeah. Cause I, I think even on their worst day, they're still top four. Yeah. So <laughs> see, this, is, this is, this is a tough question because like right now you, you can look at it. Like i I've, I just pulled it up. Cause like, it could just be who's down right now because they're just having a bad go of it. Right. Or yeah. do you just pick somebody that's hot? Like you could, we could go, I could right now I could literally just be like, yeah, face clan and evil geniuses. Cause all of a sudden they've been on a hot streak and they've really showed yeah. really yeah. great potential. Right. But is that going to stay? Are they only hot and fresh? Because nobody's really been able to get a look at them until recently.
2: Yeah.
1: Personally, I am going to stick to the guns with evil geniuses. I believe evil geniuses, I think they're really working something really good. I, I, I like watching them play a lot lately. Mm -hmm.
2: They're fun. I,
1: (laughs) they are They're They're really proving and really showing out that, you know, given enough time, given enough work, anything's possible. You can really, it's anybody's game. Uh, Phase clan. I don't know. I think they have a lot of skill in the, in the players individually. I just don't know if that's going to be enough to carry them to keep them into that top six. Yeah, um, obviously I'm gonna back 100 Thieves. You know, I I was a member there. That's not yeah, biased, but yeah, I am gonna just, represent them a little bit. That's fair. I think with the with the squad they have Asuna, Bang, Derek. Just I think you give that squad enough time to mesh and get together. I think you're gonna see 100 Thieves make a comeback here. And I think if they don't make it, I'll be surprised. In all honesty, I think they have enough talent and enough. Just enough uh, veteranism from the coaching staff alone. Yeah, was you know that's going to be insane. I think they have that. I'm also a little bit of a guard fanboy, so I'm gonna. I think guard is going to come back. I think we're going to see guard pick their heads up and and show out. <sighs> I mean, that's technically four. I don't know I, the the last two slots. I it's really up in the air it really is because like who knows what's gonna happen with sentinels who knows like maybe ghost gaming's gonna come back and they're gonna go on a little bit of a run again like it, it really a crew could could do something version yeah. one could do something like yeah. there's so many just sleeping teams right now that it i don't know if maybe they just They got figured out and they don't know how to change the pace to make themselves a little bit less predictable or they're just not feeling it right now. I don't know. But there's a lot of sleeping giants right now. And I think it's going to there's going to be a brawl for this top six slot here. So Uh, we're talking
2: about uh, Sentinels just because of tens. Do you think Riot is going to favor orgs that have a lot of influence, have a lot of money and also a lot of fans to be in franchising? Or do you think to be like, hey, you know what? This team is good. And we're, i feel like we're gonna. This is gonna go how it is, and we're gonna pick these teams as is. Yeah, because
0: yeah, if you think about it, like Sentinels for the most part was like the face of VCT for like a good year, just because like the tens thing and whatever. So like, do you think that yeah, because of stuff like that, or like how Hundred Thieves was really hot for a while? Like, do you think that is, sure, a,
1: Champions. is a
0: is a factor in? Uh, even though they're not performing today, you think their previous
1: accolades will get them there? I don't know. I mean, if we're talking specifically how to put it, what I would like to happen is when it comes to franchising, I think it's whoever has the best ability, right? I don't think it it should matter. But if if franchising works like it's worked in other games and other sports it's going to go to who has the most money and then what's yeah. going to happen is right in in that case right it's probably going to be optic you're going to see optic hunter t you're going to see sentinels you're going to see i think exit is one of the more top orgs as well probably like cloud nine yeah, cloud nine is of one of the top orgs you can say tsm uh, energy
0: but TSM, tsm but like tsm <laughs>
1: hasn't been good for hasn't like been years in
0: or, i mean they've been in valorant but not nothing notable
1: yeah yeah but they're still an org with money right yeah. if you mm-hmm. go if you if you go to rocket league you go to league or i'm pretty sure their league team was doing yeah. pretty decent i don't remember necessarily off the top of my head there's a lot of use work going on right now but uh yeah <laughs> uh their siege team is one of the best siege teams like they're, they're an org with a good bit of you know base behind them. So what you're going to see happen is, let's say the Guard or Version 1 or even Evil Geniuses, because I don't think Evil Geniuses is as big an org as it used to be. Um, if those teams are best by ability, the franchising is going to go to the people with the money, the people with the money are going to buy the best teams. And then yeah. that's how it's going to filter out. That way, at least you keep the players... At the end of the day, it boils down to this: is a business. The players yep. need need the money, right? Yep. They're here. They have the skill. They are athletes. At the end of the day, the money needs to go to them. We the concern needs to be about them, and obviously, everything else. It's just it's unfortunate. Yeah. The only way they could really sample that is if Riot were to step in and be like, "All right, hey, we'll help you. Either we'll either give you some funding, or we'll help you find." ability to get the funds whether that be through the sponsorships or however they're going to raise the money to do what they need yeah i know like in if you look at rainbow six uh rainbow Six Siege, just because it's the game i come from and i have a little bit more knowledge Mm -hmm. base on that uh they they currently do franchising In, in order to be a franchise over there uh you have to move your team to las vegas if you're in north america your team goes to uh las vegas Uh, And that's where all the teams are based out of because that's where all the seasons are played. And then obviously you got to be able to fly them out, which means that as an organization, you have to be able to pay a certain amount of money to the players. You have to be able to host them um, a team home and then work from there. Right. So uh, an org like Dark Zero, um, which they've kind of been in Valorant and not in Valorant at the same time. They're here, but they're not here, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, They haven't really done anything notable, in my opinion they uh they are they have a team in Rainbow six right and now this is technically an org that I wouldn't say is huge but they're good enough that they can host a team and Siege was like all right yeah we can you know get you guys in there yeah so when it comes to franchising it, it I think it's a good thing personally but it's got to be done right and I do think it's gonna go to the orgs with a I think it's just going to go to the orgs with the the money to do it. Yeah. Right. Because at the end of the day, unfortunately, the way the world turns right
2: now is around the money. So whoever's got the money is going to be in there. Yeah. yeah. So do you think just like League, because League is held in LA, do you think it's going to be Valorant the franchising like the format is going to be held in LA as well? Because a lot of people like uh, to be frank, a lot of the pros don't even like living in LA. They just so they would they wouldn't want to move to LA for what six months or so and just have to play there then they have to fly back they would rather move to a better state like i don't know it's also money family all that as well so there's a th- lot
1: that goes with it no, yeah, no. yeah yeah
2: because like for example the league players they have to leave their families they can't even see their families for months on end even especially yep. if they're in like prime time season and all they have to wear a scrims scrimming for like six seven hours a day all that um do you think the players should have a say on where they should be playing as well because uh, a lot of players i can. even they've publicly said like no i don't want to move to la to have to play i'd rather move to texas or something like that
1: i'm gonna i'm gonna say no and the reason i'm gonna say no is you're being paid a gross amount of money go collect the money do what you can for your family bankroll it and then once you got enough just clean your hands and then (laughs) once it's all said and done move wherever you want spend the time with who you want but when you're here when you if you if you are ever and i mean ever given an opportunity to a go explore some new place and b you're being paid for it do it why not like don't get me wrong i i've got a mother i've got a dad i've got family that i love to go and see it sucked having to go to texas and go into the team house it was an extremely cool experience but it does suck knowing that your family's back home and you do get a little homesick. I get that tenfold. But at the end of the day, you're being paid to do something cool. So yeah. just do it and and enjoy it while you can. And then eventually, because the, eventually down the line, two, three years, four years, five years, however long you decide to play and then bail out, you know, you're going to be able to go back and you can spend all that time you want. And now this time you've got a little bit more experience under your belt, a little bit more money, you know, It's, that's my personal belief. Yeah. If, if we're talking about specifically being fair, LA is like, that's a lot of money. It's technically one of the richer cities. You're spending a lot. Like the price of living there is not by any means better. And that's why I think, that's why, like, if you go and look at Texas right now, Texas per uh, square foot, Per county, Town. has lowest uh, like the lowest rent per capita or per capital being brought in, yeah. which is why I think a lot of people want to go there is because it's cheaper living while still having the ability to have all the like fiber inter- or, uh, yeah the fiber internet the Verizon internet AT and T all this top gigabyte internet and all that while yeah. still being able to live cheap. And I think that's what the argument comes is it's not a matter of going to LA because LA is necessarily bad. It's just LA is expensive and it's just kind of tough. But personally, yeah. I just think it, me personally, if if I'm getting paid a thousand dollars, like several thousand dollars a month to a play a video game that I love to death. Yeah. I'll go anywhere. I'll just send me there. If, and especially if they're paying for it. Sure. I'll go. Yeah. I'll play. Hey, mom, I got to go. I'll call you every other day or every day or whatever, you know, whatever you want to work out <laughs> and just, uh, you know, I'll be home in four or five months here and then we'll go out and we'll do everything that we got to miss, so... Yeah.
2: I feel like a lot of fan bases, because a lot of people are new to esports when Valorant came out. So, like, of course, like all of us, we've known esports. We've we've come from CS:GO, Rock, uh, Rainbow Six, and League. Yeah. We understand how it goes. We understand the struggle. But a lot of players don't understand. A lot of people, especially fans, don't understand that there's a. It's mentally taxing. Very mentally taxing for the mind. For someone like Hiko, he's been doing it for like fifteen plus years that man yeah. like has a mental fortitude. So it's crazy like that man has mental been able to, The man is it's crazy how he's been able to be a pro at the highest level for such a long period of time. Um can because of course you've been with the players a lot and you've seen them outside of scrims and scrims and all that. Can you tell the people that are listening like how mentally taxing it is or if you have any stories you want to tell us about it that could help a lot like explain gonna- how, how crazy it is
1: to to start i'm just going to start off i think where the disconnect with this is is people don't understand that esports is an actual physical sport right at the end of the day if you were to go and look at professional baseball professional football any of those right their mental is just as important as their physical which is why when you look at video gaming as an esport i i personally get upset when people don't take care of themselves physically because if you don't take care of your physical body how, you, how do you expect to maintain your mental? And if your mental goes, you have nothing, mm-hmm. right? Which means your mental fortitude, as you brought up, is extremely huge. It's because you're going in, you're thinking at a high capacity. You're thinking not only about what you got to do, but what the other team's doing, what your teammates are doing and how they're playing, right? You've got to think and process a lot on top of if you mess up, is your job on the line? If you all mess up, is everybody's job on the line, Right. There's a lot of mental taxation that comes to that. And then when you are taking out, taken out of that scenario where, you know, normally let's say you have a fallback, let's say you're somebody that's just, you've always had your family, family's got your back. Obviously this is not something for everybody, but you know, some people rely on themselves. Some people like they go like, Hey mom, dad, sister, brother, whoever, best friend. Hey, you want to go hang out for like an hour? I got to vent to you. Right. But now you're not in that scenario anymore. All you have are your teammates, right? It's it's extremely mentally taxing. You're in, you're far away from home. You're out of your comfort zone. And you're playing your heart out. And you're trying to play not only for yourself, but for your teammates. And then even furthermore, for your fans, right? Because now you've got all these people that love yeah. you. And they love watching you. And they're building this up. And everyone's, you know, all this hype and all this is around it. It is absolutely 110% mentally taxing. It's not easy to any degree for anybody but i will say maintaining like bringing little niceties from home right so (laughs) i I don't know what i'm allowed to talk about what i'm not allowed to talk about but i will say activities like in hobbies that the guys did when if they were at home they would bring to the house and to the boot camp and that would keep them rooted Mm-hmm. as well as like, hey, you know what? We did really good tonight, even if we lost. Even if we lost. You know what, guys? We played our hearts out. Let's go get somebody to as a team. Let's go Let's go de-stress. Let's go talk. Let's go do whatever we got to do and just work it out, right? And I think at the end of the day, that's what helps not only bring the team closer together, but it helps de-stress and it helps unleash that mental a little bit. Because it, it is. There's a lot to mm-hmm. intake. It's a lot... It's a lot to think about and process. And if you let it get to you, I think that's where you see some of these players break.
2: Yeah. Have you ever had is there any stories you want to tell us about like these players? Because everyone just thinks like Asuna's just gonna wake, get out of bed, and just start fragging out. That's not that, <laughs> that. He has like a routine, he has like a lot of things to do. Do you have any stories you want to tell us about like how these like these players are humans as well? And it like when when you first saw it, it was like, Oh, these guys like they can't just wake up and frag out, like these guys are humans. <laughs> if you can say. Um, I mean
1: I'm going to obviously I'm going to keep I'm going to keep the the legends alive, right? They're superhumans. These guys they wake up and they just they shoot straight every time, hit every shot. They're just excellent at everything they do. But I will say to get to that point like we did have we we would have rituals, right? Like uh, uh I mean, all right, we weren't sponsored by the coffee company. I mean, I'm not I, we would get Starbucks. I don't know if I'm allowed to say it because they're not sponsored by it. They would okay. get Starbucks, yeah. but you know, you know, we started the morning off like, all right, guys, let's get some morning coffee in us. Let's, you know, frappuccino, hot, co- you know, hot chocolate, whatever you need, right? Um, whatever we got to do to get it done, you know, let's 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 get that right. Um, I know, like, like a. S- like if they, if they, if players like to read or like they would exercise Ethan and Asuna and Hiko, they would all wake up in the morning, go to the gym, come to practice, right? They would wake up and they would wake up their bodies. They would get the fresh blood pumping, make sure that they were ready for the day. Then we get the coffee work from there. Um, I don't know if I'm necessarily answering the question as you asked it. Cause again, I, it's not my lives, right? I, I'm yeah. personally a believer. If what they do is their personal choice, and if you know, I don't want to just be out here and be like, yeah, so and so would do this all the time. And they're like, oh man, that was like something that was just yeah, for I mean, me. Yeah. No, I yeah, that. you know, so I don't, I don't want to go blow blow anybody's spot up like that. Yeah. But I will say, you know they get up they exercise they stick to a routine they stick to a schedule and more importantly they stuck together as a team and they were able to talk to one another yeah. we'd go we get dinner we ate lunch together the coercion was there and just little rituals at the end of the day mm-hmm, jokes yeah. like uh, just jokes like uh, <laughs> uh what was the they uh some energy drink I, I never drank this stuff. G fuel. Yeah. <laughs> oh, the, the G, they, they, they get their G fuel. They'd be making jokes about, about how many, like, yeah, dude, I'm just, you know what? I'm i I'm going to say, screw I'm going to do three pumps of G fuel today. Right. Like it was yeah. always, it was always just some kind of camaraderie, whether it be just about the little stuff to keep the guys together. Yeah. And that's what I think helped. If that makes, if that doesn't make you human, I don't know what is right. Yeah, like, yeah. I mean, the only other thing I I could really say is, you know, like, we're, at the end of the day, we are guys, so, like, one person would fart, and we'd all laugh, right? Like,
2: uh, like <laughs> no, you no, know?
1: That's <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> about as human as you're gonna get, you know? like
2: Yeah. Because, like um... It. Yeah, it, it's, it's, it's always like it's always nice to see because like a lot of people is like, oh no, these guys just don't wake up and they start fragging out. Yes, they they are definitely more talented and they put in the work, but they do have routines. They have, they take care of their mental, they take care of their physical because it essentially it's part of it. Because if you're just If you just don't go work out, if you don't go outside for a walk at least or a run and you just like get the blood flowing, like you're going to be a sludge and you're going to be like a gremlin. (laughs) Yeah.
1: If you don't take care of your physical, your mental is going to deteriorate. And on top of it, you got to remember that your physical is a part of it because you are, you're an athlete. You are an esports athlete. Yeah. Right. And I, I think people really need to get that grasp that this is something that is taxing on both the mental and the physical. All right. You're sitting in a chair, you're moving. It's not in the typical sense, because obviously you're sitting down. So I think that's where a lot of people lose like the whole It's not a real sport. Yeah. Yes. But at the end of the day, you're using more mental than a normal athlete because you're again, you're processing ten times what a normal athlete would have to process. Because there not only is it an evolving field that you're playing on, but it's evolving players and evolving metas. It's not like Imagine if football was like, all right, guys, you know what? This season, brand new ball. Here we go. Yeah. You know, like, how are you gonna play around that? How are you gonna play off of that? Right? Like, they don't have to worry about that. The sport has been the same for a hundred years now. Yeah, it's, and that's huge. And yes, going outside, getting walk, vitamin D, making sure that you're eating the proper food. Right, like. Don't just be putting garbage in your body. I personally stress this all, a lot. I mean, obviously, I'm a little thick, but now you, you look know, great. Eating, eating properly, Dr- hydration, hydration is huge, right? I think people really get lost in this whole like, oh, we got to drink G fuel. I got to be drinking energy drinks. That is fine. Drink water, <laughs> but drink <laughs> yeah. water every for every energy drink you drink, you need to you need to counter it with hydration. Otherwise you're dehydrating your body. And that's why like people, you'll hear people go, Oh man, all that caffeine's wearing off. I've got this headache. Well, you have a headache cause you just blasted through whatever water you had in your system. You need to, yeah. <laughs> you need to keep it flowing. Yeah. Your eyes, the blue light, there's uh, there's actually, there's a supplement you can take. I don't remember it offhand cause I don't have anymore a- anymore, but uh, it's good for your eyes. So you don't burn your eyes out. Yeah. Right. It, it'll stop the, the wear and tear and the weariness. Like, uh, if if you're an avid gamer, if you're somebody that you're like you're going to bed every night, you're like, man, my eyelids hurt. It's because of the blue light from your from your screen. Yeah. yeah.
0: All
1: right. So then, like, oh the exercising God, is huge. <laughs> yeah. Right. Please. It's it it all plays a huge part. I think to be an esport athlete, you need to be more than a regular athlete because everything comes into play. It's not just your physical. Your mental has to be at peak as well and your mental yeah. can't be at peak if you're not doing it keeping the physical at peak
2: so exactly uh yeah it's good to see from someone like who has actually been in the esports field yeah, who's yeah, i has been feel- doing that because um you had you guys hired someone i think his name was edward like uh, what was his name uh edward he was like a- yes he was like a, this, uh this like the team psychologist uh psychiatrist and like he was out everyone's physical and he would like ever have- bring everyone like down if they were having a stress day how important do you think now do you, do you think see do you see more and more esports uh, like orgs implementing that into different esports now? Because like you'll see in traditional sport like basketball, and, like for me I'm like, a huge basketball guy, so like yeah. I watch that, and they have a lot of psychiatrists. They'll, they'll have like therapists there. It's like, hey man, if you have a bad game, talk, and then we'll help you out. Do you because back in the day it's just like you and just a bunch of friends. If you guys don't, alright, you move on to the next game. It's whatever. Yeah, yeah and, like, like people don't suck it up. Yeah, suck it up. But now it's like okay, like you're playing for a lot of money, you're playing for your job, and you're playing in front of thousands of people because if you do bad, you're going to get shit on Twitter for some reason. So it's, Always it, on Twitter. It's part of, the, it's part of, unfortunately, like Reddit, VLR, all that. It's, it's just part <laughs> of being a big influencer and being that, of course. So do you see like more and more orgs implementing that? Because I feel like you guys, you, like, the earliest I've seen was Astralis in CSGO. They implemented that, and they just started winning like crazy because their mental was in the I,
1: place. I think so i didn't personally work a lot with edward i do think he helped where he could it, it just becomes a problem of where does he where does that person sit in the hierarchy of the team right because you don't want them they should just be there to de-stress you don't want them tell them to like you know what to do and yeah, yeah like it, it just needs to be because i feel like what the, where the breakdown happens is the higher up you go in esports and the higher up you go in any sport right is If you and I were friends, right? And we were playing a game for fun. And I I could be like, all right, why in the world would you just do what you just did, right? We could have that conversation. It wouldn't matter, right? We could get mad and then we come in the next day, everything's fine. As you go higher and higher up, if you get on somebody's case and then next thing you know, they're not talking to you anymore. And next thing you know, the team's slowly falling apart because now there's money on the line. Now there's actual reputation on the line. And it becomes harder and harder to talk about these hard things because people are so afraid of what's going to happen to them. Or what's going to happen to the team, right? You don't want to go destroy somebody's mental, whether it be on purpose or on an accident. But at the same time, you don't want to be stuck in the same rut. I personally believe, I do think it's helpful. But I think it needs to be to the extent of that person is there to bring the team together and not to be like, hey, look, you know, be mad, be pissed off, feel what you're feeling. Just don't take it out on your team, right? Mm-hmm. Make sure it's done in a healthy way. Like, they need to be bridging that gap. Because I feel like in the esports, us as gamers, we're we're all competitive. And when you're competitive, sometimes you're not thinking about the nicest way to say something. You're not thinking about how loud you are. You're just, like, you're getting your point across. And a lot of people take that wrong sometimes. And not everybody's built for that kind of thing. So I think being able to distinguish and do that is what needs to be done and what needs to happen. Um, one of the coolest things I saw was uh, some. it was like a up-and-coming organization. What they did is they paired with uh, their local college, and their local college was is teaching therapists there, uh, for therapy. Mm-hmm. And as as a way to train and as a way to help these college kids, they're like, hey, why don't you come talk to some of our eSource people? And if they have issues, you can talk to them. So it was like they were helping one another by... Mm-hmm. We'll give you people that you can talk to and work with, and you'll get the the experience that you need for when you go out into the real world and become a professional uh, therapist or physician or whatever whatever it is they're looking to do. Yeah, I just think yeah, I do believe it helps because I do believe again, mental is huge in esports. Mental is everything because. Like you and I right now seeing each other face to face makes the conversation easier. I've got something to look at. I can look at your eyes. Obviously, you can't. You know, if I'm looking at your eyes, I'm occasionally looking over to my other monitor. Yeah, it's fine, right? (laughs) But it's it's a matter of like we have that. I've got I've got a face now. I've got some. Like if I were to yell at you, I would feel bad because like I could be able to gauge if you're taking it bad or you're taking it poorly or if you're taking it great, right? Which is like. A lot of people don't understand that is huge, right? Human nature is huge. Being able to see what's going on and how somebody's feeling really plays into how you want to talk to somebody. So I think having that therapist or somebody like Edward, I think is really big, especially in the up and coming field. I don't know how that niche is going to come into play, but obviously I don't know how the money works through the organizations, but I do think it's beneficial at the end of the day. Unless if your if your team can't handle it themselves, obviously there are some teams where it's great. They've got that. <laughs> they've got that one player that's just the therapist for them, or there. Yeah, there's some teams that are just like, man, I love you guys. and They're just good, <laughs> and that's just it. You know, yeah, like yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> everything's perfect. Yeah. So having chemistry is definitely more important than having like just a bunch of cracked out players.
1: Yeah, sure. the synergy. Synergy is huge.
2: Yeah, because uh, because Very- everyone's like um. Yeah, I think it's the same thing happened with like uh TSM it's like they just had a bunch of roster changes but I feel like it's like this iteration of TSM has been the best in years since like their Blast premiere and all that mm-hmm. it's been the best but it's more like these guys just you can see it as well these guys just enjoy have playing with each other and like they they're all not like not all, everyone is like a top 5 player like i don't think so anybody on that team is like a top 10 player but it's just you see them and they're like wow these guys know each other so well these guys lived with each other as well these guys know how to play with each other so it's always nice to see because everyone looked at this new iteration. It's like, man, isn't is no shot this team is better than the Heco Steel and Nitro roster. But then you'll see them play, and you're like, wow, these guys like enjoy each other a lot. Yeah, being able to understand, I
1: think the greatest thing in any sport is when you're, especially from a coach perspective, is when you're watching your team. And like, let's say, let's say I'm watching as soon perspective, and all of a sudden, like, let's say if they're on split. They're, we're pushing a normally as soon as pushes up a ramp or if he's raised he's blast packing up to a heaven or whatever he does right but now he's got bang and he's comfortable with bang right and he knows bang loves to go up ramp or he loves to go heaven and now he goes all right well if he's doing that i'm gonna follow him and i'm gonna shoot whoever tries to shoot him and he just naturally he doesn't have to say a word yeah. he just knows what bang's doing and he goes if I was, if I wanted to kill Bang, where would I be? And then he goes and he pre, preemptively goes and stops that guy. And yep. now Bang's allowed to go and stay, remain fluid. And now Peter's even more fluid than he originally was. And now the two of them have this whole synergy that was never there before with the previous players because they never were able to build that. Yeah, that is one of the coolest things to watch when things just work and it's just meshing and going. It's it's literally it's really really cool. <laughs> yeah a well-oiled machine yeah yes it's it's perfect it's uh i'm sorry i get a little giddy because like i just i just just think of like because you you can see it even in like some of the valorant games that that are in the in these vct matches you can just see like really well executed stuff or when like let's say like oh my oh my gosh how did they clutch that well they clutch that because person a went you know what i'm just swinging this guy and this other person went i know what you're about to do and just covered him yeah and it just worked because they hit their shots and they didn't have they didn't have to take that half a second or two seconds to be like, "What are you doing? I don't know what I'm doing. What are you doing?" Right? Like, yeah, yeah. It just went, mm-hmm. which is it, it, it's
2: always beautiful. It's always good. So, as we uh, enter the tailgate of this uh, tail end uh, of this interview, tradition, tradition question. One more question before there's two, uh, there's two, there's two. One more, but uh, just a uh, extra question before we get to that. Um, do you see yourself coaching again? Do you want to coach again as well?
1: Yeah. I, you know, I coached in Rainbow Six. I coached a little bit in Valorant. I'd done analyst, analytical work in Valorant now as well. I like it. I love, I love doing it. Um, I've been trying to get back into the scene to work as either a coach or an analyst, just get back to work just because I missed doing it. You mm-hmm. know, it's, it's fun at the end of the day. I know a lot of people are like, what do you mean? Just watching endless hours of a game and looking at numbers and movements. And what do you mean? That's fun. Like at the end of the day, it's pretty fun when you get to be like, Hey guys, by the way, if you go here and do X, you're going to absolutely break this team. Right? Like yeah. it's cool seeing that in motion when it gets done. But me personally, yes, I've been actively looking to get into coaching and cause I believe I can bring not only the expertise, but I can help pull a team together and, be able to make something happen. But
2: yeah. (laughs) I would I would I personally would love to be able to coach again. I got you. Nice. Okay, so we have traditional questions we usually ask every interviewer, okay? Okay. So hang on one one second. Take your time. (laughs) You're good. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry about that. (laughs) No no you're good. You're good. So first question. Um so (laughs) Uh, That's the first question. So, do you know what a bidet is by any chance? I do know what a bidet is. Yes. Okay. Do you own one by any chance? And what is your opinion? What is your opinion on it? Because these guys grilled me for it, but I need your opinion on it. I, you know, I'm gonna be honest. Like, I feel like it's
1: cleaner. I, it's. I feel like it's gonna feel interesting on your butt. Like, I feel like it would feel weird. I'm going to be honest with you. I feel like it would feel weird. I'm in the same boat as you. The only argument I can ever see making for it is hygienically, it's better. You're not putting your hand down there. You don't got to wash yeah. your hands afterwards. Technically, yeah, yeah, yeah you yeah. still should, but I definitely, <laughs> me personally, I feel like that's going to feel real awkward on your bum. Like, yeah. <laughs>
2: Okay, I need to make because I Thank have one. You. I Thank have you. one, and we've asked almost every single interviewer almost, and they've all said like, "Yeah, no, it's great. I'd love it." Except for the uh, crew, a crew Lincoln. Uh, uh, a crew Lincoln.
0: He thought it was a dessert. He's like, "Is that like a dessert or something?" So, yeah, I just like to mention it. We're so like, nah, like, that's the thing that shoots water up your, your asshole.
2: It's ass. a <laughs> 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 so traditional question we usually ask most uh, most guests. Uh, also do you drink boba by any chance i do drink boba uh, not as what?
1: much i don't get to anymore because i live in a small town currently but when i did oh i was almost every day i was getting okay. something what, boba. what was your
0: boba order
1: what's your go-to it's like nah you know what this is the order uh, this is it's uh so i like the milk teas okay but uh I've got two. So when I do milk teas, I would do the mint milk tea, double boba, 25% ice, 25% sugar. Double and, boba. Um, and, oh yeah, okay. you got, you got, I, I, I don't, I be don't want to say up. this, I want to say it. I just, I like the balls. I'm sorry. The honey <laughs> balls are just really good. <laughs> don't like don't I nobody put like that mouth nobody take that <laughs> wrong way please but, uh, pause uh, the, other, I like the other the other one balls. i like the balls the honey balls are just delicious you know <laughs> That's probably one of the best answers. <laughs> <family also. laughs> that and uh, the other one I would do is uh, it's called a butterfly tea, but it's just like supposed to help your metabolism. And I would get it's called a green Iceland, which was green apple and uh, like a raspberry, and it was okay. just really, really good. It's delicious. You got extra that balls one, on that too. No, just regular <laughs> balls. Regular Twenty five percent ice, twenty five percent sugar, just to keep you good to go and geared.
0: <laughs> i like it that's, it. that's, one of the be- that's probably answers the best gotten. answer
2: we've gotten for that <laughs> yeah <laughs> i like it all right um, um so because we're in the end if you want to promote anything if you want to le- if you want to make sure like hey this is, i'm getting back into it all that some, an update soon if you want to promote anything you're more than welcome to
1: I mean, I've I've been applying to several places. I tried to apply to Immortals to be the head coach for their female team. Um, I haven't really gotten many responses back. I applied to I actually emailed Raucus about the analyst position, trying out for that. Um, honestly, at the end of the day, if anybody has anything or knows of anything, my uh, my Twitter is at oh I'm Rocket O H M Rocket. Uh, feel free to just DM me and be like, hey, idiot apply here and uh <laughs> yeah. i'll probably respond but uh i appreciate you guys for having me on here and the questions this was actually a really good time and i can't wait for the episode to come out or yeah, i'm not really yeah. sure how podcasting necessarily works but uh it comes out we we record wednesday. we record monday
2: out. upload wednesday so you'll see this on wednesday
1: on sure. wednesday dude we'll that's fantastic dude i love it i'll be sure to help you know retweet <laughs> that but yeah at oh i'm rocking on twitter uh I'm just trying my best to get back into the scene to be a coach or an analyst, you know, I'll team out. Mm-hmm. I know I can help them.
2: So, yeah. especially for LCQ, almost running around after masters. So, Oh
1: yeah. I mean,
2: yeah, yeah. it's going to be a blast. Definitely All keep right. an eye out. I think you'll see me. All right. Awesome. Appreciate you guys. Have a good one. Love you. Later guys.